morning and welcome back to The Common Good Show. My name is Dan Vikas. I am your host. The Common Good Show is a program that celebrates a fundamental truth. Life is a beautiful gift full of blessings and trials, learning experiences, and opportunities to grow. This show celebrates the little yet profound influences in our lives that add value, improve our outlook, and encourage us to appreciate everyday blessings from God. These are the conversations that contribute to and highlight the common good as told through the experiences of our guests. All of our guests share an unwavering commitment to their faith and the acceptance that they are at their very best when they put God first in their lives. What is the common good, you might ask? Simply stated, it is the sum total of social conditions that allow people, either as a group or individuals, to reach the fulfillment in its entirety. I have today with me Sarah Kozak, <laughs> Originally a Chicago native, Sarah now resides in Southwest Florida. She graduated from Ave Maria University in 2018 with a degree in psychology and spent part of her senior year as a medical intern at Community, Pre Community Pregnancy Clinics, a healthcare organization that has saved over 20,000 infant lives by offering services to men and women expecting children. Shortly after graduating, she was hired full-time at the Community Pregnancy Clinics as Assistant Regional Coordinator and quickly promoted to Director of Development. She now works to promote the work and growth of CPCI throughout Florida and the surrounding states. Sarah, thanks so much for being here this morning. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be on. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's I'm a pretty good setup you guys got here. It's very nice. We're <laughs> blessed. Marie Vision is, is very kind to us, for sure. Who knew, right? In Ave, right? <laughs> I know. It's, it's tough. You never know what you're going to get in here. Actually, though. Actually. <laughs> it's very true. I'm going to dive right into it. Sure. What is one little thing in your everyday life that serves as proof to you of God's fruitfulness, His blessing? I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say two things. Okay. Um, right. Okay. One, absolutely, nature. I mean, there, there's really no way you can walk outside and not experience God's love. Now, ask me that in Florida in July. I might have a different answer because it's <laughs> blazing hot. That's um, but right now, I'm soaking it in because it's the gorgeous 70, 75 yeah. all year round. Um, but I think it's one of those things you can just get caught up in your day and especially people working in an office or we're all on the computer so much or we're all on our phone so much and it, we just go from thing to thing and just if you pause just for a minute even stepping outside in the morning or just actually watching a sunset. It's like he's right there and he's trying to show you. He's just waiting for you to pause long enough to get your attention. Yes. Um, so I'd say that. And then I, I'd say also, it's going to sound cheesy, but I'm engaged. And um, just the love of my fiance, I would say, is the proof of God's love to me every day. That's too. pretty spectacular. That's a pretty pretty good gig. I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> cheesy is fine because that's <laughs> totally acceptable. Yeah, yeah. I love the point you made of stopping to look. Like mm -hmm. He's there especially in, even in the sunset and sunrise, but all sorts of nature. So yeah. long as we take a moment to actually look and see him there. Yeah, exactly. And especially because I think we live in a society that um, success is glorified by busyness. And it's almost every single minute of every single day needs to be filled with something productive. It needs to be filled with something where we're excelling or conquering or learning or accomplishing. And those are all really good things. Yeah. But I think we've forgotten the importance of leisure yeah. and the fact that God also intended man to rest. Yeah. Um, and when we lose that, I mean, we, we lose part of ourselves um, yeah. because we feel enslaved to 
the success. We feel enslaved to the accomplishments as opposed to seeing them as gifts and taking time for the things that really are important, which yeah. is family or the people around us or even just taking a moment to appreciate a sunset and thank God for it. Yeah. Um, we can lose sight of that when we're busy. That's so. really good. There's yeah. a book called The Virtue of Leisure mm -hmm. that I haven't read, but I want to. It's <laughs> we all have the list. <laughs> <laughs> Books to read, things to do. Exactly. Um, that is, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Is there a certain either start to your day, like a certain what I'm looking for? Routine. Thank you. Yeah. A routine either at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, that you do to kind of plug into the day, and then at the end of the day, unplug. Yeah. To like kind of get yourself into that, okay, you know, I've been working and been good and go, 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 and now I... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will preface this by saying that I'm not always faithful to said routine, um, as none of us always we're are. We're guilty. We're all guilty. But, but um, when I am sticking with my routine, it's the morning. Okay. Um, I've found that if I wake up even half an hour earlier than I typically would if I were to just jump up and start getting ready for the day and rush out the door. Mm -hmm. um, it's typically no one's asking for your time in the morning. It's like no one wants yes. to go out and get a drink at 6.30 in the morning, whether yes. it's coffee or breakfast, everyone, minimum it's going to be 8 o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, so I've found that that's the one time that I can really commit to as long as I pull myself out of bed. Um, yeah, but really there's something about the morning as well that's, I think, just really sacred. Um, you have this whole day in front of you that um, there's no mistakes in it. There's no stress yet. Mm. Um, you might know what you have coming up for the day, but you haven't really tackled it yet. And it's just this moment where it can just be you, God, and no one else. Yeah. Um, so whether it's going for a walk, me personally, I'm really big on journaling. I've been doing it okay. since I was about 11. Wow. And yeah, for me, that's my way of processing. Okay. Um, so reading scripture, reading a spiritual book, and then coupling that with journaling. Yeah. It's, it's such an intentional way to start the day. And I found that when I do do that, when I am faithful to that and I make that time, no matter what other stressors come up during the day, I feel much more relaxed because you're, you've grounded yourself yeah. already. Um, I know for some people that works better at night. If you're a night person, that's great. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wish I was. Um, but I think just finding a certain point where you can say that no one's going to be asking for your time. Obviously, if you have kids, that's kind of a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, but just adjusting it to your season in life, because I think it's easy for us to make excuses as to why we can't find that time. Yeah. Um, and it's the same as if you're in a dating relationship. If that relationship is important to you, you're going to make a slot for it in the mm -hmm. day. Um, we're only as busy for the things we make time for. So Amen. if you make it a priority, it's, it's going to be a priority for you. And it has to be, because like you said in the beginning, if, if that's not your focus, if God isn't your focus and you're not getting your strength from him, mm. you're only leaning on yourself. And that's a really scary place to be, so yeah. And it, goes, it, can, it can be going really well and then fall off very quickly. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah. Um, I forget, I should know it. I think it's, I think it's Aquinas. But I don't. We'll know say it's Aquinas. Sure. Yeah, we'll go for that. <laughs> One in now. doubt, say Aquinas. Um, but it's talking about spiritual, uh, spiritual discipline, and so moments of spiritual consolation and moments of spiritual desolation, mm. and how it's very the the common thought of it. And this just like kind of by default, we think like, oh, we'll go through good periods and bad periods. So like moments yeah. of spiritual consolation when we feel things are going well and lined up, and like it's on it's on the up or at least trending upwards. Sure. And then moments and then times of spiritual desolation, 
and it's easy to be like, okay, it's, it's either like days when you're feeling good or weeks or months or whatever, and going with Aquinas, <laughs> if it was him, um, he said, it doesn't work like that. He's yeah. like, you can experience 15 levels of spiritual desolation and consolation in the matter of 15 seconds. Mm. And I think it's just a helpful reminder that, like you said, if we're not getting our strength from God, if we're yeah. not getting what we need in our daily lives from Him, yeah. then we're relying entirely on ourselves. Yeah. And when ourselves looks like this, yeah. it's really difficult to stay focused and on track, especially when, like you said, stuff comes up. Yeah. Every day. Exactly. And we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know where it's coming from. And Yeah. And I think our generation especially um, relies very much on feelings. Um, everything is emotionally driven. Everything is an, an, a feelings or an experience or, um, and as we all know, emotions just go like this. And so when you have a whole generation that's living that way, it makes sense that you've got a generation that's anxiety, depression, um, a lot of fear, um, don't know how to discern truth because everything is just based on how I feel. And we all know, again, going back to that relationships thing, if you're basing your relationship on emotion, it's going to crumble. And you have to recognize that you have moments where you're really going to feel love towards God and feel his presence mm -hmm. and there's going to be moments when it just kind of feels like you're just tapping on the window and it's like hello hello no but but it's true and it's it's really unfortunate because I think that we lose so much of the graces that we can gain in those moments because it, it really is in the moments when it's hard you think of our parents when we were kids and now having friends who have babies and just seeing oh my gosh this kid is throwing up on you this yeah. kid is you know just waking you up at all hours of the night there's <laughs> nothing about this human that should make you love them but you do, but you do. and you are giving your life for them and yeah. and God sees us the same way it's like it's not that he created us because he needs something from us. It's, he created us out of love. And yeah. so we have to live in that belief that even in the moments where we might not understand or we might be frustrated or angry, mm. um, that his presence is still there. And, and I think, too, like kind of going back to that whole slowing down, we can find him if we yeah. take a moment to step back yeah. and really just step out of the emotion of it um, and just remind ourselves, like, you know, why am I here in the first place? Yeah. Um, so... I kind of, my thought process is twofold here. One, just based off of what you said, like slowing down and getting mm -hmm. to the, the pace of, of where God meets us. Yeah. There's a short video, documentary maybe, but it's, it's probably like 17 minutes long and it's called God Speed. Mm. And it talks about, you know, this, the speed of God. And so a lot of times there's that expression of like God speed, like I hope it's good and yeah. fast and whatnot. And this, um, I think I think he's a, he's a Protestant priest. Um, in some denomination, I don't know which, but he talks about the, um, he's like, we think of God's speed as something really fast, and really energetic and active. Yeah. He's like, when he took the complete opposite side of it, he's like, God's yeah. speed is like slowing way down. Yeah. It's barely moving. And then he kind yeah. of pours into, through, um, through like the work that he's doing, the ministry he's doing, a big way that he connected with people was showing them, um, and he, he lived in, I think, really, really northern Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, but he, he wasn't Scottish, he's an American, so, um, so he's like, yeah, a way he connected with people in the gospel was showing them the map, because up in Scotland where he's at, there's a really big outdoors community, mm -hmm. and so he's like, I'll connect with them about the map. And so he kind of showed them the map of, of Jesus' ministry. Yeah. 
And what connected with people was like, oh, he never went more than like 50, 60 miles. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like at all. Yeah. And it's that realization of Jesus, like <laughs> Jesus walked everywhere. Yeah. And so if he made it like, you know, we hop in the car and just go 10 miles down the road real easy, no problem. But sure. If Jesus was going to Galilee or somewhere, like he was just walking. Yeah. And, and God's speed is, I just like to think about that because then, in sure. terms of when, when so much is going on and we feel like we need to reconnect with God and we yeah. feel like we need like something else, yeah. it's easy, back to the staying busy, it's easy to think in order to get stuff done we have to be busy. It's sure. easy to take that into our relationship with God too. Yeah. Be like, oh, in order to like find God I need to like to be doing this, 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 and this. Yeah. And sometimes it's just yeah. slow down. Yeah. The CFRs make a really good, uh, they comment on this a lot where they're like, Becoming holy, there's no program for becoming holy. Mm. It's not like 15 steps to being a saint. I mean, obviously there's things you can do to encourage that, but it's not like a cookie cutter way of doing it. And I think one of the coolest things about, if you look at the lives of the saints, every single one of them is so incredibly different. Yeah. I mean, even thinking back to the early church, you've got St. Paul who is traveling just out the wazoo, you know, I mean, you name it, he's, he went there. there. Yeah, just, where's Paul? Um, so, I mean, he's doing that, but then you look at the life of Our Lady and it's just so incredible to me because especially as like a woman living in today's world, it's very driven by, you know, you have to have the career and you have to have the house and you have to have the resume and you have to have the degree and all these different things. Mm -hmm. And you look at Our Lady's life, it was incredibly hidden. Yeah. I mean, even in, when people found out Jesus was from Nazareth, like, yeah. who's this guy? Like, this is Mary's son. Like, what, what is he doing? You know, like, it wasn't like she was this, I don't know, matriarch of the community where everyone just worshiped her. Like mm -hmm. her life was so hidden, so simple. Not even that, but like she was persecuted at times. Mm -hmm. um, and just the simplicity, but I, I love the idea that like out of everyone in the world, you know, she didn't, she didn't have the resume, she didn't have the career, she didn't have all the things that we define as success today. Yeah. But out of everyone in the world, like she is the one who has glorified God the most. She is the one who has given him the most praise and the most glory and who we now see as the most beautiful woman who ever lived. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself, like, why is that? Because it's so countercultural to yeah. what we see today. Um, but I just think there's something so precious about looking at her life and her example. And I think we could learn a lot from it today, to be honest. So, I have two questions for you. First one is, is touching back on the emotions thing, because you're, ele you're since since 11 or you've been journaling for 11 years? Since I was 11. Since you were 11. All right, mm -hmm. so you got me beat by like 10 years. <laughs> um, but taking in the, the account of, you know, our emotions are like this sometimes, sure. most of the time. Um, what, what did the, the development of like that devotion to, to your journaling mm -hmm. look like? Because I know for a lot of people who like might be trying to start out or whatnot, it's sure. it's something like, oh, I think this will be good for me, but they really can't find a pattern. Yeah. And then journal, and then the second one, um, what specifically do you see in, in your life and career um, that that people can learn from Our Lady, especially for women? Mm. Because I feel I feel like there's there's some there's something more there. But but yeah, those are sure. I'll start with the journaling. I'll yeah. say that. Um, not everyone's a writer. I understand that. Fair. Some people are more inclined to it than others. It, mm. It's always been my favorite thing. I, I love writing. Um, I think there's something about it that you can't lie when you're journaling. You can't, you can't distort the truth when you're journaling. It's very, very raw. Yeah. Um, and I think the, one of the most beautiful things about it for me has been, especially the fact that I've been doing it so long, 
you're able to look back and especially when there's a lot of moments when you don't feel like you've been if it feels like you've been stagnant, you're able to look back and just actually realize, oh, wow, <laughs> we've come a, a long way happening. since the freshman year crush. You know what I mean? It's just, it's really interesting to me just to see the, the progression of all of it. Yeah. Um, so I'd say if, if you're just starting to try to get into it, um, I mean, there, there's so many good resources out there now, um, but one of the things that I really enjoy doing is just taking a scripture passage or even just like a verse um, and just writing down how I see it applying to my life or what I could learn from it or how I could grow in that area. Sometimes I just write about what happened that day and my reaction to it or how I was struggling with a certain thing or a certain relationship. Yeah. Um, and so many times of just going to adoration and I found that rather than going to someone to vent about what was going on, I would go to adoration and spill it all on a page to, to Christ about what was going on. And just being able to have that intimacy with him of mm -hmm. like, hey, at the end of the day, like, you're the one I'm going to about this. Like, yeah. I'll get advice from other people, but I need you to direct me on this. Um, and then sometimes I would just, I would sit there and it, it would be silent you know, for a while, and then again, going back to that, hello, like, I just Snap poured out window. my heart on a page, and you're leaving me hanging, and I don't know what to do, um, and then, like, other moments, it would just be, like, like, one word, or yeah. one line, and it would just, he would just speak right into it, and, but it, but it's a matter, of, again, being willing to sit and wait and listen. And sometimes, you know, it's flipping open a Bible and it's a verse, oh, I really needed to hear that. Or a friend who says something where, oh, I needed to hear that in that moment. But sometimes too, it's just, he, he wants to, to tell us. It's just a matter of yeah. saying it, you know. Um, and going back to your other question, my, or Our Lady and my, my work specifically. Um, any, any area. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would say that I've learned to stop planning my life. I think that a lot of times, especially just, again, in the world we live in, everyone has this, this projected plan or path or the next five steps for the five years, and it, it's good to be ambitious. Yeah. It is so good to have ambitions and goals, um, but, but God is so much bigger than my plan or my yeah. timeline. And I've found that when I'm able to step back from just clinging so tightly to the things I think I want, mm -hmm. um, I'm then free enough to let him lead me where he wants to. And nine times out of 10, that has been completely opposite from what I ever expected. Yeah. If you had told me when I started at Ave that how many years later I'd still be living in Florida, that I'd be working for the place <laughs> I interned at, that I had no concept even existed when I was at Ave for the mm -hmm. most part, um, just every everything about my life has been so different from what I expected. Um, but at the same time, it's it's been so much more of an adventure than I expected. Yeah. And that wouldn't have happened if I had stuck with my plan. Um, and so just let him lead. Um, and don't be afraid to let him lead. And I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here. Because yeah, it's, feel, it's hard, <laughs> you know. It is really, really hard because, I mean, going back to the garden, why did they want to, to take, Eve wanted to take that apple because she wanted control. Yeah. You know, she wanted to know what it was like to be God. She wanted to call the shot. She wanted to have, you know, that autonomy in her life. And I mean, that's what we all default back to. We want that control. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a beauty in 
vulnerability. There's a beauty in letting go. And like I think about my own dad. He wants what's best for me in my life. I've never for a second doubted that. Mm. And how much more does, does God want that for my life? But we don't see it that way. A lot of times we see it as like he's dangling the thing in front of us and then we're afraid he's going to snatch it away yeah. the second we hand it over to him. Yeah. Um, and he never wants to take it away. He just wants to add to it. Sometimes it looks different than we expect. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's way out of our comfort zone and it's miserable for a while. Um, but there's always a reason for it. So yeah. we just got to trust that, you know, just let him lead. I think one prayer that I say a whole bunch, I've been saying probably for the past year and a half, mm -hmm. um, is, Lord, help me get out of my own way. <laughs> because yeah. I, I have a very nasty habit yeah. of, of, of getting in my own way. And I think there's a big difference between, you know, what you're talking about. Yeah. Being ambitious and having those plans it's with that, there's a difference between having your plan and, and making that plan an idol. Mm. Where it's like, this is me, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And every day you wake up and you find, uh, you find confidence, certainty, direction, and drive in that plan. Yeah. And, then, and then should something happen to the plan, which this is <laughs> life. We all know. Something's going to <laughs> happen happens. to that plan. Yeah. Exactly. Um, then we're then we're lost. Yeah. <laughs> like oh shoot. Yeah. Like, now Everything what? I've been pouring my life into exactly. has been stripped. Yeah, exactly. And I had it was gonna look like this, this, and this changed, but yeah. I fit it in there, and then yeah. and now it's way off, and yeah. I don't know what to do. What's the word nowadays? We'll, we'll pivot. We'll pivot. Yeah, It'll we'll be pivot. fine. <laughs> Redirect. Pivot. Move. We're good. Yeah. It's all good. Um, yeah, but it's so it's it's challenging. It's very challenging to when you're in a situation like that. And I'm glad yeah. you made a point of saying it. The best thing to do when we have no control is to continue to give up that control. Yeah. But it's our knee-jerk reaction to them just pull and control whatever we can. Sure. And bring it back in and be like, well, maybe I can get this yeah. or this. When God's like, yeah. you just made room for me. Like, I know. Oh, come on. Like, let, come, <laughs> let me get yeah, in there, please. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think a lot of times, too, it comes from a place of areas where we've been hurt in the past. And yeah. so if if you've had a relationship and it fell apart and you were trusting that person and it didn't work out, you know, your next relationship, it's going to be like, okay, like I, I need to cling to this. I mm. need to make this work, you know, or, or with a job, it's like you were working for that certain position. It, it, it didn't work out. So it's like the next one, oh, I'm, I'm really going to come up with a plan this time, you yeah. know? And, um, like there's always going to be things in our life that don't go the way we plan it. You know, sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. um, but like in every single moment, like um, I think it was St. Faustina and she was like, you know, in every circumstance, whether in consolation or desolation, like give praise and thanksgiving to God, you know, yeah. like that, that deep interior peace that no matter what's happening on the outside or the world around me or my personal success or failures that I'm going to continue to glorify God because even if it's hard for me, like he wants to bring good out of it. And yeah. anytime that my littleness shows, it's a way for him to be glorified. Yeah. Because if we have these moments where I have no idea how I'm supposed to do this, I am so inadequate, there's no way on earth. I mean, every story in the Old Testament is God taking the least likely person imaginable and being like, you, and they're like, no. Like, uh, but, but please don't. <laughs> yeah, please, anyone but me. Um, and so, I mean, why, why are we surprised when he you know, puts us in these situations? I had a friend know? tell me one time, something happened, 
And, and I was like, man, God, it's just so like amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. And he's like, you know, we really shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. He's like, we shouldn't be surprised by the stuff that God does. Sure. And I was like, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still, like, I know. but we're all. I know. But he's yeah, and he was trying to make the point of like, God, exactly what you said. He's gonna he's gonna take the smallest people, and not necessarily the smallest people, but the people who feel less or yeah. the least deserving or. Or they feel like, yeah, there's no way I can do this or lead these people or whatever it is. Sure. Um, now, I really like how you said, sometimes it's our fault, sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we just give it back to God because I think it's very easy when, especially when we have a plan and, and yeah. stuff starts to happen, whether we pivot or not, um, to let some sort of mistake on our part mm -hmm. kill the momentum. Sure. And whether, whether that's just sleeping in one day and you didn't get up when you were supposed to, it's very easy to just kind of let that be like, ah, like, man, I, now I'm off. I was supposed to be doing this and moving yeah. in this direction and messed up, and now it's like, it's done. Can't yeah. make it work. But there's a freedom in realizing that, again, no matter what happens, like you said, mm. it's realizing that me with, with my littleness and my flaws, that's when God gets to shine through, I mean, he can shine through absolutely anything, but that's when he, when we allow him to shine through us yeah. the most, mm -hmm. is realizing, you know what, I made this mistake, some sort of consequence, maybe good, maybe bad, it might turn out better than I thought, mm -hmm. and just continue to move forward, because it's not, it's not all relying on me. Yeah. I don't have to make it all happen. It doesn't have to all come from me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's so much freedom in that, um, and so just taking that pressure off of ourselves. And I think also too, like truly believing in the mercy of God yeah. is a big thing that we tend to forget. And it can be very easy to feel like we have to live this lifestyle that's absolutely perfect in every possible mm -hmm. way. And Christ wants us to strive for sanctity. He wants us to strive mm -hmm. for holiness. And God, God doesn't make excuses for us. Um, I think we'd like to think that he does, but he doesn't. You know, like he's going to be real with us. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there is that unconditional love. There is that unconditional mercy. And mm. But it's a matter of truly trying. Um, and, I mean, we all know ourselves so well. We know when we're trying versus when we're making excuses yes. for ourselves. Yes. And it's not to place unrealistic expectations for us. And I think a big thing is asking for help when we need to, it can be very easy to feel like we have to do it all ourselves. Um, but yeah, just leaning into that mercy, I feel like has been something I've, I've learned, um, especially just in my job or um, just in my life and just accepting that, you know. Is there an area, because you were saying like as, as we go and we build, there's gonna be times when it's really easy, really challenging, difficult. Is there something that you can look back on specifically? And I know you said like, Looking now, back five years ago, you would yeah. have never anticipated being where you're at and staying yeah. in Florida and that. But is there a specific instance or circumstance or moment that going through it was like, this is the most challenging, this specifically is just going to drive me insane and I, I don't know what to do <laughs> and I can't handle it. Um, but looking back, it's like, no, that, need to, that needed to happen the yeah. way it did. 
Yeah, I'd say definitely when I started working at CPCI. Okay. Um, so a little context, I interned there, like you said, my senior year. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I no medical experience, completely deer in the headlights with everything. Literally signed up for the internship because I thought it would be just a nice little side thing I could do. You know, I was pro-life. I could do this. You know, sure. I can help women. Um, and it was a great experience. I loved it. I got to be one-on-one -on -one with the women in the room and hearing their stories and giving them resources. And, I mean, the staff at the clinic are just incredible and mm -hmm. so it's been really just a blessing to be surrounded by them and learn from them mm -hmm. um, and out of nowhere when I was graduating they just so happened to be hiring and one thing led to another and all of a sudden I found myself helping manage four medical clinics with people who are all older, older than me yeah. um, people who I, I had just finished interning under I had no medical experience and they were like have fun! You got this. <laughs> and I was like, "What? What's HIPAA again? What? What? What is that?" <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need that acronym one more Ooh. time. Um, and I, I remember I came back that the first week. I think I cried every single night. Oh, it, no. it was just I was. I called my parents. I was like, "I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm trying to manage all these people. They can tell that I have no idea what I'm doing." And I mean, they they were all so kind and mm. so. Um, but yeah, it was just this moment of what have I done? I said I'd never live in Florida. I'm still living in Florida. Like Jesus, please here. give me answers. Um, and yeah, it, it was kind of this moment where I had to grow up. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I have no idea why in the world God picked me for this job. No clue. Yeah. But He picked me for this job. And I really just had to dive into it. And I think having the humility to admit that you don't know everything is huge and people appreciate when you act when you don't act like you know everything no. um, I think it can be very easy to feel I mean what's our favorite line fake it so you make it you yeah. know we all live uh, by that you know um, very very mixed there's feelings truth about to that, that. yeah there's truth to it but at the same time admit when you don't know something no. and ask ask someone who is more experienced and and there's a beauty to that I think like um, just, just in our in our country today, especially there's there's kind of this divide between older people and younger people. Um, and now working where I work, I I work in development. So being in Naples, Florida, obviously I'm working with a lot of older donors, and just in the the space that we're in, yeah. and um, a lot of conservative Christian older donors, and um, so I'm around them a lot. I interact with them a lot, mm -hmm. and I think there's something so sad about the fact that. Most people our age don't have really strong relationships with their grandparents or, you know, yeah. that, that kind of mentorship that used to exist in a society. I mean, yeah. we used to live in a community where we'd be learning from our moms, our grandmas, you know, our aunts in the community or um, I'm, I'm using women examples. Yeah, but, I got you. But there was much I more. I from my mom, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. She appreciates that little plug. <laughs> you can look at the camera for that one. Hi, Mom. <laughs> um, but there, there's something about it that we've, we've lost that in a way. Yeah. And I think that that's why we, we live in a society that very much glorifies the influencer world. Mm -hmm. Because rather than going to role models or mentors or family or these people in life who have more experience than us that we can kind of learn of what does it mean to be like a woman of faith? What does it mean to be a man of faith? Um, we, we've lost that and so we've shifted to these people who we, we view online as our role models, mm -hmm. um, which is really 
just even from a psychological standpoint, is a really interesting thought because you're watching their life, an edited version of their life, right. but at the same time, it's not a two-way street. They're not hearing about your life. They're yeah. not hearing about your particular circumstances. Or So you're almost trying to like fit your life to this mold that you're seeing, but the, there's no reciprocity there, and, and there's no real relationship there. Even though we, we feel like this person's a friend because we're, we're watching all their videos and seeing all their pictures and right. following them constantly. Yeah, we know them so well. Exactly, and, and they, they don't even know our name, yeah. you know? And so I think just that's something that I've really realized working where I work is I get to hear the stories of so many people who have been incredibly successful yeah. in their life who most of them started from nothing. They started as a broke married couple mm. with barely anything to their name, built a company from the ground up or built up a law career from the ground up or gives you know, hope to, to any Yeah, broke exactly. And or and and I hear about their marriages. I hear about how they raised kids or how they allowed their faith to become such a part of their family and it's so sad to me to think that most people my age will never hear these stories. Mm. And a lot of times we look at being old as something that isn't good, you know, when in, in reality there, there's a beauty to it, there's a dignity to it. And these people have lived and they know, you know, they, they can see through all of it because it's like, honey, I've been there, yeah. <laughs> you know, and let me tell you how we approach that and how we tackled that and how we got through it. Um, and I think there's a reason that you know, marriages were so much stronger back then. Mm -hmm. And they have such a beautiful understanding of what it means to, to fight for each other and fight through things together. Um, and unfortunately, I think we're lacking in a lot of those role models today. And that's something we need to get back to because it's important. So yeah. that was a tangent off No, of I love that. Way, okay, I'm, I'm going to hop on the tangent train again for just a second. Sure. Uh, because you said something that I see a ton of. I work in marketing. Sure. I spend a lot of time on social media. Mm -hmm. Is what it is. Yeah. Um, but on the beauty side of things, yeah. growing old is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's a part of life, and it's something that, in a good community, like it adds such value to the people around yeah. you. But we've, with the influencer world and with everything, society and culture has just put a hard stop yeah. against the value of growing old and it's like it's the worst thing yeah. whether you got to get Botox or something fix it, should it be avoided don't let at anyone know yeah and then yeah. we and then it, it trickles down to where we have we have people in like their mid-20s that have entirely and I'm and I'm not calling anyone out when sure, I say yeah. this but like we have they we have people in the mid-20s that that are fully confident that the solution to the emotional distress and problems that they're dealing with the solution to figuring out life is cosmetic engineering of their self. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it doesn't change it. Mm -hmm. And, it's, and it's, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's heartbreaking to see like some of the, the even, cause it, I think it's, it's, at least for me, like there's people close enough in my life, it's like people you really care about. It's heartbreaking to see someone that you like, think they're an amazing person. Mm -hmm. And, and you're like, man, like, this is my guy, like, yeah. bro, like, I wouldn't, like, you're the best, like, whatever. And they, and they think there's something so terribly wrong with the way their arm looks mm -hmm. that they have to, I'm like, no, like, that's part of who you are, man. That's your story. That's yeah. like, that's life. That's what it is. Don't, don't hide it. Yeah. Don't make it go away. Exactly. Exactly. And even, I mean, the, the definition of progressivism essentially is saying that everything newer is better. 
So mm. everything that we're changing today or all the freedoms that we're giving to ourselves that we never had before, like mm. everything that's newer is better. Yeah. And there, there's this kind of disdain for the old and the disdain for tradition and traditional values even yeah. or things like that. And I mean, the whole point of studying history is to learn from the past, you mm -hmm. know? And not everything in the past was wrong. Mm -mm. They got a lot of things right in the past that we would do very well to bring back, yes. you know, and, and to learn from and to bring it. And so I think there's kind of this false understanding that, oh, we as a generation have the answers that our grandparents never did. Mm. And it's like, yes, there's certain things that in, in our generation are, maybe, are better than maybe for were back then. Yeah, but. exactly. exactly. <laughs> Shout out to all people with glaucoma. We're here for you. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it's just kind of we can get caught up in the novelty of all of it. And yeah. I'm looking at some of the things that are coming out right now, and I'm like, this is not better. Go this back. is really, <laughs> please, guys, please stop stop the tide. Like, I, I don't know what you're doing, but you're on this activist train that's, that's going towards nowhere, yeah. you know, and it's hurting people. Um, so, yeah, I think just, just learning from the people who have, have been such pioneers in these areas and, and learning from them and not seeing ourselves as the generation that has everything figured out yeah. you know there's a there's a quote and i like cars and vehicles and whatnot and it's like um it's funny but it brings up a really good point of anyone can buy a new car but it takes a person with knowledge to keep an old one running mm. it's true and it's like it's the same thing in in life we can you can find the next big thing you can get the new watch the new car whatever it is yeah. buy a new house get a new credit card, whatever. Um, but it takes a lot of value, virtue, like commitment, discipline to mm. to take what you have yeah. and make it work and exactly. build. Yeah, and anything, I think anyone can do anything well for a very, very short amount of time. Mm. It's a lot harder to commit to something and continue to invest in it and continue to make it work. Um, and just that, that perseverance. Yeah. I, I mean, we live in an age where we, we can work virtually, we're working from anywhere, we're flying all over the place. Most of us don't live near our families. Everything is the next big thing, jumping, jumping, jumping all over the place. Um, and we just, we can lose sight of what's important, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Is there a specific, if you find yourself off track or if you find yourself too far down a rabbit hole of distressful things and, and you just can't get out of the funk or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Is there a go-to prayer or like psalm or something that like you just always use? Mm, my favorite thing is sitting in adoration. Okay. I, I know it's not specifically a prayer, no. um, but there, there's this great story, um, St. John Vianney, um, mm. as you probably know, he parish priest and um, there is a Pretty sure it was John Vianney. We're going back to the Aquinas thing. I'm pretty sure it's him. 90% um, will roll yeah. with it. But there, there was an old man in his community who used to come into the church, and he would just sit there all the time in the front row. And, um, and John Vianney would just see him all the time, and he was just so curious. And so, like, one day he went up to him, and he's just like, Sir, like, I see, you, I see you here all the time, and I just have to ask, like, what do you talk to him about while you're sitting there all the, all, all the time? And the man said, he was like, I don't say anything. I look at him, and he looks at me. And I think there's something so beautiful about that because this guy probably didn't have a college education. He probably hadn't read a lot of books. He probably wasn't, um, I don't know, well-versed in a lot of the things we would define a, as... A scholarly Yeah, elite. scholarly man. Um, but gosh, he got it. 
you know? And there, there's something so powerful about just sitting in adoration. And usually I find that when I'm down a rabbit hole of disparaging things, mm. it's usually because I'm way too focused on myself. Um, I'm way too focused on all the areas that I messed up or that I have on my to-do list or it's me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to figure it out and I have to make it work. Um, and the, the best thing you can do is take your focus off yourself. And that's hard because all of the remedies that were sold today to get out of that, that funk is about me, 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 mm -hmm. me, 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 you know, and, and self-worth and self-help. And I mean, isn't it ironic that everything starts with the self, mm -hmm. you know, and all these programs. It's, it's really ironic. Um, oh, just, just to hop in there real yeah. quick, because this made me laugh, and I hadn't, honestly haven't thought of this until you just said it. Yeah. Um, if I'm what's messed up, then how am I going to help myself? Exactly. Yeah, Allie, Allie Stuckey um, <laughs> wrote a great book. Um, it's called You're Not Enough and That's Okay. And it's a fantastic title okay. for a yeah. book. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very, it like makes you, like, wait, did, typo or mm. did you actually mean that mm. but in the book she she has this great line where she says the self cannot be at the same time both the problem and the solution and a lot of times we feel i know i was like <laughs> preach girl she got um, it. but but we see it that way right now and it's like oh if if i just tap a little bit deeper or mm. if i get this if i get this skill or if i read this book or if i work out every day or um something about Changing me, feeling convicted, you know, um, is going to fix all of my problems. Yeah. And you know, God, God is the source. And if we're not going to the source, then it, again, it's relying on us. And so that's not to say that we don't play a part in, you know, becoming the person God calls us to be. Like it does take discipline. It does take conviction. It does take a lot of hard moments where we just don't want to do the things that He wants us to do. Yeah. But again. Where is the source coming from? Do we see it as everything is centered around me and God's like an outside part of it that, you know, gives me nice little encouraging things when I need it and mm -hmm. makes me feel loved and makes me feel happy? Or is, is he at the center of it and everything else is, is streaming out from there? Because yeah. um, right now we're at the center of that, that little ring and everything is projecting out from there, including our relationship with God. Which is a problem because if it's not at the, if he's not at the center, then we have to ask ourselves who or what is, because it it's and, always something else. And whenever's what at the center runs out, yeah, then then it's not just actually. I, I really love like kind of just how you did that with your hands because whenever this runs out, it's not like not like we lose one or two things. It's like mm -hmm. no, everything flowing out of everything it, suffers. Yeah, done. exactly, exactly. And so that's why it's so important that at some point throughout the day you've got to be investing in that core part. Yeah. You know, whether it's, I mean, going throughout your day and like you said, saying small prayers or pausing to look at a beautiful, you know, skyline or, you know, whatever it might be, um, you have to be nurturing that part. Um, I mean, there's a million and one resources out there to invest in our relationship with God. Like there is no excuse for not having at least some kind of connection with him during the day. Um, but at the same time, like, even just, you know, having a conversation with him in a car. I had a friend of mine, and she was like, um, I think it was her, her dad, and she said he, he never, ever listened to the radio when he drove to work. He would just talk to God about his day, you know, and that would be his time of sharing and communing and building a relationship. Yeah. And so everyone does it in their own way, um, but it's important to identify that and make that a priority. And I think it's important for people not to get discouraged as well. Yeah. 
Because you're not going to figure it out no. the first time. I mean, you might, but the first time, second, third, 45th time, mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things where we never reach a stopping point. We never get to like, oh, I figured it out. This is how me and God communicate. This is, I this made is good. It. Yeah, it's like, great. I've reached the mountain summit. Yeah, yeah. Like, nope, nope. Because <laughs> you're going to get over that one and realize there's twin peaks that are higher yeah. up there. Yeah. And it's, but it's very easy to be like, you know, I'm in this really difficult spot and like, yeah. oh, I'm finally feeling good. And then to kind of get complacent and mm -hmm. just be like, cool, this is where it's at. Yeah. And a week later, you're like, man, I feel the same way I did. I know. <laughs> Before, like, I was trying to do anything. Yeah. And it's just a continual, it's a continual building and figuring out because, so fairly new to journaling myself. Sure. But, like, probably maybe going on two years, a year and a half, two years. Um, and I've actually found it's been very, very helpful. I, I do, in the same sense as you, it helps me process things because it forces me to slow down. Sure. And I, you know, I can't. It takes time. It, it does. It really does. It, yeah. And you have to carve it out. And, and when, when, you th when you have to think about what you're writing down and it's not just a quick answer here or this and that, it's, mm -hmm. it's pausing to, to kind of look back on the day or look forward into tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's no... There's no extra input or details or whatever that can kind of like, that can shadow the truth. And, and, and like you said, sometimes it's going to be like an immediate, you figure things out. Um, and sometimes it's not. Yeah. Like the, without getting too deep into it, the reason I started journaling um, has led me for the past almost two years um, to continue it. For, and, and through that, there's been a lot of really good grace. Sure. But it wasn't until like, I think two weeks ago that when I was journaling at night, and it was, it might have been the morning. I've, I've gotten into a pattern of doing it morning and night now, mm -hmm. seeing how that's gonna work. Um, but I was writing about something completely different, and just dots were kind of connecting as I was writing. Mm -hmm. And then like that, the next page and a half were, not necessarily the solution, yeah. but it was like the, oh, that's why. Mm. But it took two years. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it, wasn't, it wasn't like I was intending to figure that out when I was writing that day. It was just through, through two years of slowing down yeah. and, and trying to be present with God and, and trying to tune my ears to hear Him and to listen to Him, open my heart to Him, mm -hmm. that it finally was like, boop. It is. And unfortunately, we want the instant gratification. We want to know now. You know, you, you tell me now. If someone, if someone was like, hey, uh, you'll figure it out in two years. Yeah. Like, Excuse me? It's like, come on. Yeah, I didn't sign up for this. Two you know? years yeah. shipping? No. Yeah. No, no, no. no I, want, I want Amazon Prime. I want next day. Let's next go. Next day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it really is one of those things where you, it, it's God's timing. And he, I mean, similar to you, I mean, there's been seasons in my life where I'm just like, I have no idea why, why you're doing this right now. You know, it is painful, it is miserable. Mm. I don't see an end in sight. I feel like I'm just going to be upset about it for a long time. Or, I don't like it. You know, I don't like this, I don't like this. Um, but in retrospect, and it, it's that old cliche of like, you know, the tapestry and you look on the back of it and it's just knots and a mess and crazy all over the place. And then you flip it around and it's just this beautiful, I've beautiful never design. Heard that one before. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a mess on the backside. Um, and then you flip it around and it's just this, this gorgeous tapestry. And I think it's very similar with our life and it. it's proof that, you know, God makes beauty out of 
the thing that doesn't seem to be beautiful at mm. the time. Um, and it's very similar to working out. I mean, it's it's rough when you're doing it. No yeah. one really, I mean, there's there's some crazy people who are like, yeah, gym every day, I love this, I love this. But yeah. And yeah, there's good moments with it. Sometimes you get a runner's high or you have a really good mm. workout and you're just like, yeah. Um, but it's pretty rough when you're first starting out. I started running in college, and I remember like my my roommate came back from a run one day, and I was like, "Oh, how far did you go?" She's like, "Oh, just, you know, short one, three or four miles." And I was like, three, three, four. <laughs> I did half. <laughs> I did half what? yesterday, <laughs> and it just seemed so astronomical at the time. Um, you just got to work your way up to it, and and it takes time, mm -hmm. you know. And I think it's similar with things that have hurt us or things that we're confused about. Um, and I think it was C.S. Lewis who, I mean, talk about a way with words. He had a way with words. Yeah. Um, and he said something once where he was like, we do not write to explain, we write in order to understand. And I, I think mm. there's something really powerful about that because I think that's a really good description of journaling. You're not writing it to convince anyone. Yeah. No one's going to read it except you, you know, yeah. unless your sibling steals it out of the bedroom, which I lived in constant fear of. Um, but you're writing it in order to just, like you said, connect the dots, to just spill it out, lay it all on the table. Um, and, and there's something about when you, when you put it down in writing, um, you, like I said, you can't lie about it. Yeah. Um, and it, it can be easy in your head to like say it a certain way or think of it a certain way. Um, but it, it's just really powerful to put it down. And over time, you really do. I mean, it made us to look back on these situations now and just realize not only were these um, some of the biggest teaching moments in my life, but I wouldn't be where I'm at now or, you know, have the relationship I have with God now mm -hmm. or, um, like, be in, you know, be marrying the man I am now mm -hmm. if, the, the, if these things hadn't happened. No. Um, and at, at the time it was rough, but he teaches you through it. Um, and just, just having that, that childlike outlook of like, I mean, the parents take away something from you and we kick and the kid kicks and screams and is upset, you know, and the parents like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not making you mad. I, this is bad for you. You know, I don't want you to have this right now. Right. Um, so just, again, always having that humility about it. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, there's actually a kid from my youth group who made a beautiful statement the other day because uh, we were talking about how, you know, God's in every part of life and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, everything, because there's, there's this another kid who's very scientific and loves loves physics and astrology and studied like all sorts of really cool stuff. He's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about like the infinite-ness of space and whatnot mm -hmm. um, and how infinitesimally small we are. Yeah. And the other kid was like, yeah, he's like, everything here on Earth is just meant to be an example that points to God. He said, like, so nonchalant and cool. <laughs> I love when kids just throw the zingers yeah. at and you're like, and, and, and I was, <laughs> and, and I was like, I paused, I kind of paused the group. I was like, I want to explain that to him a little bit. And he's yeah. like, yeah. He's like, well, everything from, like, you know, the relationships with, like, the way just nature's here for us. Like, yeah. the, the world is, like, we, I didn't do anything to make the, the tree outside grow, but, like, it's there and it keeps my car covered and it's like it's great and it's like and I have memories with the tree from growing up and he's like and he's like the same sense of like God's always there I didn't do anything for it uh, but he's present in every one of my memories and he's doing stuff and like he was just drawing all these parallels that were coming out of nowhere and I was mm -hmm. just like all right I'm done <laughs> like, I, do you want to teach I, 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 yeah. I was like yeah <laughs> I can leave now yeah um, yeah and, and the comments you made about 
you know, the parents, I think, like, obviously when you're a kid, it's, you know, mom takes something away, you're not happy about it. Mm -hmm. um, but realizing the same sense, now we, you can see it with, like, your friends that have kids and whatnot. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, they, that's a good thing they took that away. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, okay, maybe I'm feeling a little convicted because when God takes something away, I kick and scream like a toddler. But it's the same. He's doing the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think about, it's funny, whenever I hear babies crying in mass, I always have this impression that, wow, that must be how I sound to God a lot of the time. You know, because um, it, it's true. It's noisy. It's just like, you know, crying for no reason. A lot of the times it's like calm down, you know, <laughs> um, but we sound that way to God a lot. Um, and it's it's just the reality. Of it. Like like the kid said, we're so small and our scope of understanding of the world and why it works and why we're here at this point in history and just everything about it is so incredibly small. Um, but it's so incredibly intentional at the same time. I heard, I heard something and it was like, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to assume you know what God's doing, but it's a blessing to know that God is doing something. Mm -hmm. Meaning like when we're going through difficult, difficult circumstances or something's happening in our life, yeah. and I'm like, God, not happy. I don't, mm -hmm. no, no. And then things start to fall into place. And I'm like, okay, yeah. God, I see you're moving this and you're doing this. Yeah. It's like, it's a very, that's a very quick way to make an idol out of something sure. because you're like, something goes right and then you're like oh god you're doing this and then we kind of hold on to that yeah and it's like eh. but in order to sit but like sitting there and being god i don't know what's going on back to what you're saying even in even in work admitting like hey don't necessarily know what's going on yeah. um being like god i i have no idea what's happening i'm confused i'm lost uh, i don't have a clue what's going on at work i really like my plan was here and we're like way over there yeah um but i know you're working mm -hmm. i don't know how but I know you are. Yeah. And then trusting, kind of like you said before, trusting in his mercy, mm -hmm. taking God seriously. Yeah. Because I think it's easy to just be like, yep, yeah, he's there. And like you said, you know, dangling the thing front, try to pull it away. Like, yeah. no, taking him, like he's there and he's not going anywhere. Yeah. And there's a purpose for it. And yeah. I think what a, it's, it's such a short story, but I find it to be such an interesting story was when um, Mary and Joseph lost Jesus in the temple. Like talk about how awful they must've felt, you know, of, oh my gosh, I lost God. I had one job and I lost He's gone. him. <laughs> you oh know? my. And just the fact that, you know, he he had a job he had to do. Man. You know, and they didn't know it at the time, but he was busy like working to transform the hearts of those Pharisees who were in the temple. Okay. And Mary and Joseph had no idea at the time. They just saw it as, Oh my gosh, I'm a terrible parent. You know, what have I done? <laughs> um, yeah, and just remembering like he didn't do that to hurt them. You know, he didn't mm. do that to make them feel like bad parents. Um, there was a purpose to it yeah. and just remembering like, you know, I mean, what do you tell him? Like I, I would be about my father's business, you know, like he's, he's always working behind the scenes in our life. And sometimes it's very obvious. Sometimes it's not. And sometimes it goes slower than we want. Mm. Um, but like you said, Godspeed, not our speed, <laughs> you know, being okay with that. If there we're, we're getting close to our time here, which is unfortunate, but if there was two or three things that you would say specifically to someone who is not is not on their plan or timeline anymore who finds mm -hmm. themselves very off of um of what they thought they were going to be but but they're trying to move forward is, is there like two or three things that you would just encourage them or say to them or anything like that yeah absolutely um like i said have have the humility to let go of your plan mm -hmm. um it's hard to do 
It's really hard to do. Um, but if, if he's making it not work out right now, mm -hmm. there's a reason for it. Um, so just having the humility with that. Um, I would say having the discipline to work towards whatever it is you, you do feel like he's calling you to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if, if you do feel the Holy Spirit pushing you towards something, there's a reason for it. And it might be out of your comfort zone. It might be scary. Um, but, you know, if God is for us, who could be against us? Yeah. You know, he's already won. You know, it's just a matter of us following him. So I, just the discipline with that, little things in your life that you can do of, um, I mean, it is true, you know, like you have to take care of yourself. You have to, you know, do the things that are going to help you be able to carry out the mission that he's calling you to. And then just doing everything out of love. You know, you, you can't just jump into the big thing right away. You have to start in, in the small ways. And um, a lot of times, too, I mean, when we're, when we're old and we're looking back on our life, we're not going to be thinking about, you know, all the promotions we got or all the things we finished on our work day or um, how many social media follows we got or anything like that. We're going to think about the relationships that we invested in yeah. um, and the impact that we had on the people around us. And so just keeping that the most important thing because everything flows out of a place of love. And so that, that needs to be the, the priority. And, and God will take it from there. Like, he doesn't want to leave you hanging. He really doesn't. He doesn't desire that for you. Yeah. Um, and just believe that, you know, trust that, because he's going to bring good out of it. But we have to stay faithful, and we have to keep showing up and keep investing and keep trusting, and he'll figure it out. He always he'll does. Do he's a lot better at it than we are, so we should hey, just man. let him do it. <laughs> that's, like, that, that's a perfect spot to just boop. <laughs> he's got it. He's better at it. Just let him have it. Good. Good. Well, yeah. seriously, Sarah, thank you so much. I wish we could just keep talking, yeah. um, but this has been wonderful. Absolutely. I appreciate you so much and sharing thank you. a bit of yourself um, yeah, this was fun. As, well as, as well as your feedback for me. Good. Cool yeah. deal. Uh, massive thank you to Maria Vision for helping put this together. Thank you guys for tuning in, listening, and watching. Uh, and thank you for Guadalupe Roastery. Y'all have a good one.